0: Get it going. It is time to tee it up for your hump day Wednesday episode of The Winkly. I am the managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Houseman joined here as I am every Wednesday by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. It's
1: good to be back.
0: This is the 619 booyaka Booyaka. 619, June 19th episode of The Winkly. Blame. <laughs> you brought it up before we went on the show. You said that uh uh, I should have saved the Ray interview for today because it's six one nine today.
1: Did yeah, it? you should have. I mean, that, I mean, you, where, where where was your head at? Where was your marketing uh, aptitude at for this podcast?
0: I don't know, man. It was uh, it was an outer space. I couldn't wait. We couldn't do Ray today because he's uh, of course got the fight for autism campaign that's running through June. So you can still go over there. Win with Ray uh, Four bucks. Enter. You could go support autism, and you can maybe win some cool stuff as well. Cheap plug for Ray there. Uh, because it's 619 day, I feel like I have to.
1: Hmm. Um, well, so I, I think that we could try to get Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's hold that interview till 316 of next year. <gasps> um, That's a good
0: idea. Oh, themed, yeah.
1: day-themed
0: wrestling podcast.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Could do RVD on 420. Um, Absolutely. What's the cane? What's the date of the the See No Evil I, movie?
1: Wasn't that like May 11th or something? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. May 19th or May, sometime in May. I don't remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. This is all coming together beautifully. Uh, Claus is obviously, that's a layup. That's Christmas. You know, could get a hold of Balls Mahoney. Oh, no, his balls. Did Balls pass away? I think he did, didn't he? I think he did. Oh, that's unfortunate. All right, sad news. <laughs> so he, he won't be available. Okay, well, uh, let's get to the run sheet here as I've uh, run all, ran off the uh, brambled path here with Justin to start the show. Uh, we have some, some fun good news here uh, before we uh, get into the plugs and everything else. Uh, we want to send out our congratulations to Matt and Rebby Hardy. Uh, they are expecting their third child. Uh, seem like wonderful parents. Uh, very happy for them, Matt and Rebby. Any comments on, the, on them expecting their third child, Justin?
1: No, I'm very happy. Uh, for them uh, uh, they're, they're the kids, their kids are great I, I remember yeah their kids are great and they are good, really good parents um, so yeah I'm really happy for them did
0: you did you see the the new promo Matt released where he's trying out his new uh, it's hard to be a hardy uh, promo.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's always uh, he's always got like some creative ideas. I mean, I you know I, I I mean still I think everybody's favorite. Well, I mean I don't know. Some people, of course, love the the broken stuff. I love uh, you know who you know, who doesn't love Matt Fax in, in version version one. Uh, sure. So yeah, I don't know I don't know if I don't know if this is gonna stick. I don't know if they're gonna I don't know if he's gonna get to run with it. But uh, he's always he's always one to to share different creative uh, templates that what he's trying out
0: well he's just part of the horde in the 24 7 picture right now so try something out I, I dug it yeah if you haven't had a chance to check it out matt hardy over on his instagram account released a, a promo where it kind of it's like uh, shades of the big money matt character he used to do in ring of honor um and there have been rumors he was bringing back but it doesn't quite feel the same to me i think he's trying something out a little bit different than that
1: yeah yeah and i mean yeah i i, I saw a little bit of of that of that um of, of the money map yeah i think he's got some i think i think he has like a different intention for this
0: all right well there we go matt hardy stuff to start the show well we got a lot for you here today we're going to talk the news of the day here in just a moment uh but we got some interviews here later on uh i was so happy uh to get to pair these two interviews together because these two people talk about each other in their uh different interviews uh, first of all right after the news you're going to hear me chat uh with conan uh the last time conan was on the show we were talking about everything he's doing with mlw this time we're talking everything he's doing with Impact, so very different conversation. I'd really wanted to talk to him about uh, that Lucha Brothers LAX moment uh, that ended uh, Rebellion. So we get into that there. Uh, the future of the Lucha Brothers LAX, everything involved. Great, uh, and then after that, uh, you're going to hear my interview with Homicide, who is an, also an LAX. Uh, I get his thoughts on Conan. Uh, we talk about he's going to be at Synergy Wrestling's Garden State Invitational. Um, But we get into, like, we get into a lot of stuff. We talk about how he was shot in a drive-by and, like, wrestled the same night. Uh, He's got this big GCW tribute show coming up here uh, pretty soon. Um, And we talked about uh, another LAX match that I really wanted to chat with somebody involved with about, uh, which was the concrete jungle match that LAX had with the Lucha Brothers. No, uh, not the Lucha Brothers. LAX had with the OGZs. Um, I believe it was at home – no, it was – it was best. To, no, not what is there. What is there? Uh, bound for glory. It was a bound for glory last year, earlier this year. So anyway, it's all great. I love these. I love both these interviews. I hope you guys really enjoy them. We're gonna get down with LAX here. Oh my god, on six one nine. I didn't even realize that these guys are friends with Ray. <laughs> the,
1: the, the genuine excitement that just came through your voice.
0: <laughs> oh my god, Justin, it is Conan and Homicide on six one nine. booyaka, ka, six one nine. Oh, oh! I'm having the best day all of a sudden, Justin. I'm all of a sudden having the best day. Let's get to some news. News you can use. Brussels,
1: Brussels sprouts and bacon will do it for you, my friend.
0: That's true, true. Thank you to my girlfriend. She uh, she made a wonderful breakfast for me this morning before she took off for work. But uh yes, great mood, wonderful, onward, here we go. News you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. Uh, we'll start off, uh, Tony Khan did this interview on the Steve Austin Show. Now, Steve Austin uh, finally brought his podcast back uh, first of all, before we begin to what Tony Khan talks about, what do you glean by the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back here, first interview with Tony Khan, and it looks like his follow-up interview is going to be with AEW's Joey Janela. What do you make of that relationship?
1: Uh, well, I don't think that we're going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin popping up on AEW mm-hmm. in any event, uh, If, if anybody is thinking of that, um, you know, he's, he's just, he's, he's, you know, he's like The Rock, he's like well, even though John Cena still is semi-active uh, in the ring, you know, he, he's going to remain part of the WWE. I, I don't see him pulling a, a Bret Hart, you know what I mean? I don't see him popping up and anything like that. I, I don't think Steve's going to do that. But I think, you know, look, his, his podcast, he's, you know, it's podcast is, is completely independent. There's no, you know, uh, you know other than the ones he did on the network a few times that involved uh, Dean Ambrose, you know, it's, it's completely independent. So uh, I don't, I think it's great that he's, you know, just being open about his uh, enthusiasm for double or nothing, and for AEW as a whole, and obviously Tony Khan is a very you know you'll want to hear from him right now because he's at the center of this 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 movement and this this new company. So um, yeah, I mean I just think it's Steve Austin just being Steve Austin. He's going to do what he wants. You know he's not going to you know it's not it's not like it's not like if he called Vince and said hey Vince you know I'll, I'll make an appearance in next year's WrestleMania. It's not like Vince is going to say no because you you know gave exposure to AEW and interview no, Tony they, Khan. They That's,
0: can't be I can't think they they're thrilled that Steve Austin's cozied up so closely here to AEW right out of the gate
1: well i'm not saying that, yeah i'm not saying that the events is thrilled about it but like steve Austin's at a point of like he of an untouchable point i don't see uh, i really don't see don't. you know them cutting ties with him I, but, I, 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 but I, and i don't and i don't picture him showing up on their program I, I, I right now i don't at least i mean i you know maybe i'm wrong maybe in a year from now I know. Uh, you know wild. maybe maybe i'm completely wrong and he shows up and stuns a few people i, <laughs> I, I don't know and i also don't know what the status of his uh, you know, you, you, assume, you he has some deal with WWE, whether it's Legends or, you know, I don't know what the status of that is. So
0: Yeah, I don't either. But I mean, look, Steve Austin, like you said, he's going to do whatever he wants here. I just first of all, before we get into anything that was said here, yeah, I just think it's interesting that uh, that he is is wanting to talk to these guys. There, there's an open relationship there. I think back to when he walked away from WWE when he didn't like the the booking he was given on raw or whatever, uh, many years ago that he's talked about how he kind of regretted that taking his ball and going home, but he'll do his own thing. I don't think it's out of the question that Steve Austin could yeah. pop up in a fun way, you know, episode in the elite or something like that.
1: Uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, I could, I, I, I could see him more realistically again, if he can't be blocked by WWE, I could see him showing up at a star cast uh, again, even though it's technically not uh, associated with AEW formally. Um, you know, I could see that, um, you know, I mean, I'll say this, I, I had Steve on, 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 on my podcast, um, geez, probably maybe four, four or five years ago, uh, I was thrilled. And I mean, you know, he's probably my favorite all the time if I had to pick one. So that was a thrill for me. And, 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 and he, I remember at the time in, in, in that interview, I mean, we talked about ring of honor and, and, and what, and whatever ring of honor was doing right at that moment, something had happened. I mean, like he, he's been very open about ever since he's, you know, kind of a ever since he's jumped into the podcast radio media kind of world he's very open about talking about you know more than just wwe so and and even criticizing WWE. so again i wasn't super surprised that he would you know if he's going to make a return with a show to do it in a splash but again you know tony khan's such a you know it's like i said such a such a trending uh person right now yeah Uh, so i'm not surprised by that at all
0: okay all right um well let's get to what was actually talked about here the big News item coming out of the show. And the show is, the podcast is great. You can go listen to it. Uh, but the big news item was Tony Conte's that AEW uh, will have uh, women's singles and tag titles, it sounds like, as part of their company. Uh, they also announced, uh, the, as AEW did for Fighter Fest, some triple threat uh, tag team match where the winners have the chance to vie for an opening round bye at the all out tag team tournament to crown the first champions. Did you get all that? I got all that. <laughs> I think I got it right, actually. Didn't I? I think so. I think. Sounds right. From memory. Very confusing. Uh, but th- we're starting to get a better picture of the title scene here. You know, you're going to have your men's champion. It sounds like we'll have men's tag team champions, women's champion, women's tag team champions. I think that's great. I think that's a wonderful way to start off.
1: Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly the right PR stuff to do. I mean, I haven't seen anybody. I haven't seen any reaction on social media, that's been negative to it, which that's a that's a, that's a surprising thing to say. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a definitely good way to start.
0: Now, do you do you consider a secondary title? Do you think that they should have a secondary title, or or is less titles uh, more engaging for these hardcore fans?
1: Um, to me personally, less titles is more engaging. Um, I think it kind of is going to come down to, I guess, going to come down to ultimately in the grand scheme, how much programming they have. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, if if they just have one one weekly show just one day a week you know i don't think they need any more than what he's just talked about um if they you know if if this thing takes off and in the next couple of years we're you know we're looking at them on you know two days a week like wwe is or or they open up more programming on a on a on a digital like like on like the br live you know kind of like their own sure. aew network so to speak sure. you know maybe they add more but to me i'm always of You know, less is more with the titles make the ones you do have seem really, really important and and have more people chasing them.
0: Yeah, I agree. Maybe an intergender championship over time if you want to really blend it there. But but who knows? Um, Then uh, also in the world of Steve Austin, I wanted to include this note. uh, He has openly now lamented what he considers to be a bad interview he did with Dean Ambrose uh, when he was doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast on the WWE Network. Um, I had to refresh myself and went back and watched a bit of this. Do you remember? Do you recall this particular interview?
1: I remember it very well because I know that when it was done, I I remember. I remember after watching that, like that week,
0: yeah.
1: T- I just remember I was like, man, that I, I and I and I, I hit up some people that I thought would be in the know. I was like, that just did not something did not gel. <laughs> like it, it it felt like you know, the Ambrose was not thrilled. It felt like Steve Austin was in a backhanded way kind of saying, you know, he, you know, he felt. This kid's underperforming. I, I just, he, he just, it just, it, it had a weird vibe, but I remember that really well.
0: Well, and he also like tried to bring up Moxley's like childhood and stuff, and he got really uncomfortable about that early on in the interview. Do you remember that?
1: I do. And then I guess it's turned out, you know, Moxley has said that you know he, 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 he explicitly did not want to go that direction. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. So here's what Steve says. He says, for whatever reason, we got off on the wrong track. Maybe because. You brought up the one thing he told you not to bring up. Who knows? Um, It was a rough podcast. I've been carrying around 1,000 pounds on my back ever since that happened. I felt so bad about the interview, and I was leading the interview. I take the fault of it because I'm there to get people over and make them look like a million bucks. We just came off on the wrong street and just kept taking left turns and never got back on track. Well, we never were on track. He had his reasons, and I had mine, and there you go. And you know, Ambrose. So that, yeah,
1: so, that, so that tells me that tells me that John Moxley will be on the Steve Austin podcast yeah. sooner than later.
0: <laughs> you know, I thought it, I obviously I thought the same thing where I was like, man, you were just giving this guy an open invitation to let's get it right this time. You know, let's talk, let's do it correctly. And I, you know, if he felt bad about it, then I mean, listening to the the like piece of artwork that Jericho made with Moxley right after you know or what they did with the exit interview there it's got to sting a thousand times worse. It's got to be a thousand knives, you know?
1: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: Yeah. So there's your Steve Austin block to start the show. Uh, did you watch, uh, the, the blue brand WWE SmackDown last night?
1: I did. I was, uh, it was, I was on the post SmackDown podcast with Glenn as Matt Morgan was not able to make it.
0: Oh, there you go. Well, Drake Maverick captured the WWE 24 seven championship. He sped off in his car after pinning our truth. And, uh, and on a separate note, Drake is getting married this weekend. So, what I'm getting at is, do we see the title change hands at the wedding? Does his wedding become the backdrop for hilarious WWE
1: fodder? You know, uh, <laughs> I've had the fun. Pri- <laughs> I would not be so shocked. I've had the fun. Pri- I've had the fun privilege of um, uh, of partaking in in, in some drinking and evenings with with Jake Maverick in the past, and and this guy is one of the wildest, craziest, but funnest personalities I've ever been around. I could totally. Totally see him pitching that to his soon-to-be wife, saying, <laughs> "We have to do this," and that would just be like a very, I think, a very appropriate and fitting uh, kickoff to their life together.
0: <laughs> I think. Well, isn't EC three one of his groomsmen? I believe.
1: Uh probably. I know. Uh, I I I know that there was pictures of you know EC three and Braun and several people were a part of the bachelor party. Okay. Um, okay. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Um, my money's on EC three. I think EC three. Is the one to uh, to take that do the roll up uh, as he walks down the aisle or something like that?
1: Yeah, but but remember, I mean, they got They got to clear it through Vince. And if Vince ain't loving EC3, do you think he's gonna give EC3 a, a title even at a wedding? He's not gonna let him get over at the wedding.
0: Well, look, all right, let's let's talk about EC3. I have an EC3 note here on my run sheet. I'll just get to it, right? So, like EC3 on Raw did the Weekend at Bernie's bit with uh, the New Day, right? And everybody had a good laugh about it. Um, but then EC3 takes to Twitter afterwards and he, t- and he tweets that every time I make you laugh, I suffer more inside. Um, <laughs> dark <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> translate, I hate doing this comedy crap.
0: I hate this so much. Please stop. Um, But on that note, like, I'm sure Vince had a good laugh at that. Ethan was great in this role, right? And so, you know, if you're going to get over as a comedy shtick on Monday, you know, why not do a little back and forth here at the wedding with with your buddy Drake Maverick?
1: Do you think Vince McMahon's ever seen Weekend at Bernie's or do you think, um, do you think, like, he just had an idea of, like, of, like, New day talking for them, and then somebody in the room had to be like, "Oh, so it's gonna be like Weekend at Bernie's," and like just kind of coached it along.
0: It's pr- you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if it, if it was some Vinceism where he's like, "What? What Weekend at Bernie's?" and they sat him down and they like have a VHS, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I get th- okay. I'm familiar." With I Vince. could
1: see I could see Vince watching Weekend at Bernie's and thinking it's effing hilarious. Oh
0: my god!
1: Which I love Weekend at, with, with, with Full Disclosure. I love Weekend at Bernie's, both of them. Obviously, the first one way more than the second one. but I love Weekend at Bernie's, but I could see him like. And I, I get to see Vince just finding that hilarious.
0: I showed, uh, I showed uh, my girlfriend uh, "Revenge of the Nerds." It was on AMC on the weekend, and she just, she hated it. She's like, "This is the most." She's like, "This is the worst movie I've ever seen." These men are all terrible. They're I've
1: all... never seen it. Never seen it.
0: Oh yeah, that's a, It's a different kind of film. Watching it back, it's a, it's a different kind of film. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. I, I think at the wedding we're gonna see a time. Maybe not during the wedding. But, like, uh, what's, it, what's the after party for a wedding called? Reception? The reception? Yeah. Probably, the, maybe on the dance floor of the reception, I can see it going down.
1: It'll It'll be the most interesting reception since uh, the snake came out of the present for Macho Man Elizabeth.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, going to your fiancé being like, all right, look, I know this is the most special day of our lives, but I just pitched to Vince that Ethan's going to do a roll-up when we're doing the electric slide, and he loves it. So, can we do this? Is that fine? Uh, Ugh. <laughs> Oh, wrestling. Um, well, also, we got some new matches uh, for WWE Stomping Ground. Um, we now are going to, uh, coming out of SmackDown, we're going to have Heavy Machinery. Uh, they're going to face Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan for the SmackDown tag titles. Uh, they defeated the B-team on SmackDown. And uh, where were their Yolo County Tag Team Championships, Justin?
1: Oh, yeah. Glenn asked me the same thing last night. He was very bothered by this.
0: Yeah, man. And I read that report. That very official report online that was like, this is Vince's way of ragging uh, wrestlers to be like, oh yeah, go, oh go win these Yolo titles out in the Indies. They they took that from me. So um, regardless, uh, Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowe, and Heavy Machinery. We, it's just another match. I feel like that just doesn't have a lot of bite going into it. You know, and uh, uh, I I wonder how this stomping car stomping grounds card is, is going to play out. The other match, by the way, Tony Nese uh, is going to defend the Cruiserweight Championship against Akira Tazawa and Drew Gulak. And honestly, with all of the wrestling that I have to, to, to take in each week, I don't get to watch enough 205 Live. Again, I'm sure this is going to be great, but no bite. You know, I don't know what's biting me and grabbing me for the Stopping Grounds card.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I have I have little interest in this card, and I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to watch it live. Not just because I have a little interest, but I'm on my schedule and I have a 5 a.m. flight Monday morning. So I'm, I'm probably not going to see it live. And I, I think you and I talked about this last week. You know, it has such a low bar that it's like it'll probably – you know the show will probably be better than what we think it is going to be, just because we don't have much expectation. And it'll probably be something that will like you know it'll be like you know Bray Wyatt you know makes his reappearance or yeah. Um, yeah, you know I I remember being gone. I remember missing the Survivor Series years ago. I was in Hawaii for my birthday and for Thanksgiving, and so I completely unplugged, completely you know you know didn't catch up to anything. And of course, I missed the debut of the Shield. <laughs> and I said oh, maybe you know, maybe I'll go away and I'll cut myself off and I'll miss uh, I'll miss some other big. Big incident
0: Yeah, well, I think you're on it because I saw you tweet about Bray, and I'm with you. I think that that was the culmination on Monday night of all the the at least primary vignettes we're going to get from Bray, uh mashing mm-hmm. up there. And and you think we see him in the ring? You think we see the debut at stopping Grounds?
1: Well, well I think we see him live. When I say in the ring, I don't mean like a match, but I I, sure. I could see you know lights out him appearing in some situation or whatever whatever his first uh conflict feud or whatever is going to be. I could see that, or I could see us getting some kind of a tease. Whether it's a video flash or uh, one other venue, yeah, I could see something that like I, I just I, I could see them wanting to go into Monday Night Raw either with the buzz of oh my God Bray showed up at stomping grounds, uh, let's let's see the follow up or them basically saying hint hint wink wink he's showing up Monday. So I, I think that's just I don't know, that's what kind of where my head's at right now. Who
0: do you who do you pair him with? Who's your first uh, feud? for one break i have no
1: clue and that's probably my favorite thing about this is that i mean obviously these vignettes have been so just isolated just to him and just to the you know building the aura around his character that there's no i can't see like there's been no hint there's been no like it's not like he's talking about one particular topic so you're kind of like all right well that would make sense if he viewed this person like i have no idea and i don't even know if he's a heel or face like that's that's the other thing it's like obviously this is very like dark evil so, so you think heel, but they've also WWE's been acknowledging it that they're the most that these things have you know become so popular. These videos are uh, arguably the highlight of of WWE's programming of late. So WWE kind of paints it in the picture of like this guy's going to be you know a, a, a face, or you know, or at least when I say face, at least he's he's being booked against heels. You know, maybe he's not uh, a pandering baby face, but he's at least going against heels. Kind of like you know, kind of like an Undertaker in the '90s. He's he's dark and he's potentially evil, but he's still uh, you know, like I spoke to the baby face.
0: I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll paint the picture I painted uh, yesterday. Uh, I see him uh, into the night. Uh, Kofi Kingston vanquishes Dolph Ziggler in that cage. Lights out, and uh, Kofi is now trapped in the cage with Bray Wyatt, and the new day can't help him.
1: Uh, I think that if, if yeah, if, if Bray's gonna be a heel, I think that'd be a great way to go go after a very popular babyface. Uh, and yeah, the the whole the whole psychology of yeah, having trapping him in that cage. Absolutely, I think that's that's probably. That might be the best way to go uh, just based upon the players that are on the table for the Sunday
0: yeah and you know at the same time too you know you can walk the line I think because Kofi Kingston obviously plays so hard to kids right you know the colorfulness and the pancakes and all that what better way I don't I can't think I mean it's it's not a straightforward feud you know like like you were saying is Bray a good guy or a bad guy I think you can see him try to be good with Kofi but every time the fiend comes along he throws a wrench in their relationship you know what I mean
1: well, that'll be the you said the fiend thing, and as we're kind of digging into Bray Wyatt here, that'll be the thing I'm I'm most interested in, probably even more so than as a healer face, is that like it seems like he has this kind of like this this somewhat of an alter ego, and I can only think about like Finn Balor, and uh, and I and I've been very openly critical of the Finn Balor demon is very interesting to to look at, has a very interesting entrance, and but because of that, it and, and because he only pulls it out on select times, it has made it has made day to day, week to week, Finn Balor to me just not that interesting it's just too too plain so i'm curious how this how the presentation is going to be here is he coming out every time with that this, this fiend mask and doing the promos that way um
0: no i would i yeah. would do i would do the cage spot that i laid out i'd have him as the fiend right lights out lights up terrifying clown thing destroys kofi kingston and then on smackdown bray wyatt addresses the fact that the fiend got loose and attacked kofi he's very sorry about that you know he wants to okay. be, he wants to be Kofi Kingston's friend because, you know, what what worked so well, I think, with Finn and NXT was you knew you were going to get some iteration of the demon at Takeover. Right. Like it meant something, you know, and in between that, he was Finn Balor. I think if you could do it and stick to it, which they didn't do with Finn and I think destroyed that demon a little bit, uh, if you keep him Bray Wyatt on TV and he brings out the Fiend for pay-per-views or maybe even occasionally for the right spot on TV, that's I think that's the more entertaining route to go with a character like that.
1: The other the other aspect about it, and I was, was talking this last night again on the on the post SmackDown podcast is um, I, I kind of would like them not to have Bray on live TV every single week. I think if you could kind of almost give him a little bit of a special attraction field, where let the majority of his communication be in these produced segments that seem to go off so well, and and make it so when he is in front of a live crowd uh, for the match or for you know m- m- more sporadic promo spots or attack spots or what have you i think it's going to mean more it's almost kind of like taking a Brock lesnar approach to somebody who you're going to have full-time in the programming but but not necessarily live
0: okay interesting yeah i you know that that's the thing is i i, I will just say i'm with you i think we get either the in-ring first time seeing uh the new bray wyatt iteration or a very strong tease that he's going to be there on monday night or something like that and i really hope they don't just like on Savvy Grabs <laughs> be like Tune in on Raw because we hear Bray Wyatt's going to be appearing for the first time. I just genuinely right. hope we don't get something like that, you know?
1: Maybe light, maybe lights go out, lights come back on, and just the Fiend's mask is laying in the ring.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, I, you know, again, it's like I'm so emotionally attached now to the idea of, like, the Fiend laying out Kofi uh, in the cage. And then, like, Bray apologizing on, on, on SmackDown and everyone being like, this is a genuine, terrifying, crazy person who's got this, like, dual personality. I'm, like, emotionally invested in that now, Justin and it hurts me but i got to
1: i got to wonder you know raw obviously well i don't know i mean is is do we still think raw is the bigger priority for vince or is it smackdown because it's going to fox but it's like you know the the, the vignette the, the vignette's always you know first air on raw and maybe it's just because raw comes first in the week i, I don't know like i, I don't know you know, obviously with the wild card rule, basically you can basically be on any show at any time. So I, I don't, I don't know if like, are we going to see? Is Bray? You know, I don't know. it's Bray's first time back on the week of the television? Do they hold it off to a Tuesday for SmackDown?
0: I, you know, again, I would, I would, I would hold it for SmackDown. I think that's, you know, that's your top program there, Bray and Kofi. You know, through the summer, um, there's a lot you could do there with that. But uh, you know, yeah, you know, again, we'll, we'll see. You know, time will tell. I'm getting emotionally invested in this. And, Again, it's like when I get emotionally invested in things, I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful in my head, and they don't happen. It just. It hurts more, you know, it hurts more (laughs) than it should. Well, let's talk about some happy things. Uh, For the first time ever, WWE is getting a best WWE moment uh, under the best performance category at this year's Awards. ESPN's awards. Very cool. Uh, It's going to be hosted by Tracy Morgan, July 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Um, Here are the nominees for the award. Um, Roman Reigns returns after his battle with leukemia. Becky Lynch wins the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships at WrestleMania. Kofi wins his first WWE Championship at WrestleMania, or Ronda Rousey becomes WWE Raw Women's Champion. Um, do you want to pick a, first? Do you want to pick a winner. What's what's your what's your best WWE moment of the year?
1: Uh, I mean, out of those four, I think. I mean, I, I got to think the favorites are either. It's down between Roman and, and Rhonda. Roman, because of the story. I mean, that's just, you know, that's, that's a pretty incredible story. And then Rhonda, because she's um, as mainstream of an athlete as she is. So I kind of would go between those two. I mean, I, I guess I would pick Roman, because I mean, like, all right, I think we all kind of envision that Rhonda Rousey would be a WWE women's champion at some point. Like, we, I think we started thinking that four or five years ago when there started being the rumblings that she would cross over. Uh, you know, no, you know obviously you don't predict, you know, nobody predicted for 2018 that Roman Reigns would be leaving because of having, having to battle leukemia, uh, and his life again. Uh, and the fact that he came back kind of as relatively as quickly as he did, uh, and, 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 and then just picked right back up, um, athletically and physically from where he left off i think that's 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 got to be a that's got to be your winner right
0: man yeah no i agree i think roman's the obvious winner here in fact i wouldn't even be surprised if they created this award just so they could bring out roman and and, and get some good vibes off this but for me I, I kofi's win was just so great and it was organic and i thought it was the best story of wrestlemania i think it should have closed wrestlemania uh i i would go with kofi i i liked the kofi kingston story of the four here just my opinion but that
1: requires but but again you remember the platform on here that requires
0: I know, I know, I know that
1: require that, that requires more understanding and the context of, of the build of Kofi if you want to go from a racial standpoint uh, of a being a black champion and like that just like Rome, you know Roman reigns returns from battling leukemia that speaks to anybody you don't need any more context than that you know
0: yes no I agree and I have no idea who's voting on the ESPYs, um but I would think that everybody's heard about Roman's battle and you're right i I think it's probably going to be the, the runaway here. My personal preference i just i really enjoyed kofi's win um but me too uh, but also here what do you make of them being included in the SBs like this what can we glean from wwe getting a category this year
1: well they've 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 the relationship with espn has grown more and more and you know they're getting more and more mainstream attention i mean obviously they're going on fox so they're going to be you know talked about on fox sports uh, you know so this um not surprising this this kind of fits the 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 the, the path that they've been going i mean they 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 They've let ESPN and other outlets like this, um, you know, on, on, you know, break, quote unquote, break more stories of, you know, who's going to the Hall of Fame or who's who's doing what. So I think this is kind of this is right on time. I, I think it was probably just a matter of time before this happened. Um, so, yeah,
0: yeah, um, uh, the Observer reporting that Elias, the promo he cut uh, to the L.A. crowd on Monday night, calling them garbage, uh, was, in fact, the uh, promo intended for Dean Ambrose. That he, you know, now as John Moxley talked about on the Jericho podcast, uh, saying he didn't want to do it. This is the promo that included the pooper scooper line. I didn't watch it back, but Elias didn't say pooper scooper on Raw, did he? Or am I missing it?
1: Uh, I don't think he did. I don't really remember it well, but I don't, think, I don't recall that.
0: I feel like that would have stood out to me. Uh, but no, yeah. still, the promo, it looks like it was the same one Moxley didn't want to do. Uh, the Observer noting that, you know, it's likely someone on the writing staff, maybe even Vince himself, like this promo a lot. Still wanted to use it. Elias became the guy to do it, and there you go. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Like, is there a Rolodex of promos that never got used that they're like, hey, you know what? I liked that one that one time. Let's bring it out here. Is I mean, I've got, I guess that's a thing. I just never thought about that.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it sounds like they at least had some draft of a promo. that, again, like you know, didn't make didn't make to air way whenever way back when, um, and so it just you know, file was saved on the computer of, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how it was categorized. Uh, cheap heat promo in LA. Oh
0: man. To, to think there's like a, a, WWE cloud storage area. That's got all these on It's like all these unused promos ideas. I'm guessing there's like booking ideas in there. Ah, that'd be, Ooh, that'd be interesting. I'd like to look through their, their files. Hmm. Not there. Uh, and uh, lastly, here in our news block, uh, PWInsider.com reporting that despite uh, Scarlett Bordeaux being released from Impact, which we talked about yesterday, her boyfriend, uh, Killer Cross, is going to continue to work for Impact because they are not going to be granting his release right now. Now, uh, remember here, Scarlett, re- I mean, laid low here. I don't think she ever really publicly commented on her, her Impact situation. Uh, but Cross go- went on Petey Williams' Wrestling Perspective podcast and, and had some harsh words for the company talking about how his girlfriend Scarlett's still living with her mom and not making enough money to live and everything like that. So I would, you know, not in the room, not the fly on the wall, but I would guess here this is a case of Scarlett did not say anything negative about the company, so they found a way to mutually leave. does sound like Cross here may have, you know, rubbed some people the wrong way in impact, I guess, by going public like that, especially while still technically under contract.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't – yeah, I look, that – that background of context you just gave there—that that was some of it was was news to me, or or, or, or reminding me at least. Um, yeah, I don't know a lot of the situation here, um, so I, I'm not don't have much I can say to offer, but um, but I did, you know, the point that I found interesting is the fact that, like you said, she's in a relationship with, with Killer Cross, and you know, they treated him differently than they treated her.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see. He did also. He's noted recently that uh, when he debuted for Impact, he got he got a call from WWE. They're like, "Who are you? What are you doing? We are we are interested in you." I'm not surprised by that. You know, Cross is. Cross has been great in impact wrestling. I I think he would be absolutely somebody if he freed up that would, would break out in NXT.
1: What's Scarlett's future.
0: That's a great question. I'm trying to get a hold of her to find that out, by the way. Um, You know, where would you put her? Where, where would you like to see Scarlett pop up?
1: I think WWE in NXT is too crowded. I don't necessarily know if, if, if if that's, if that's her, if that's the best platform for her. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, obviously, the easy answer anytime now is to say AEW, because that's a hot thing, but they seem like they're going to be kind of, you know, pretty, maybe a little picky on who they take on and, and, and what they have to offer. So that's that's, what, that's why I said, I was like, where does she go next?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling has always done good with sexy character, female characters like that. I could see, you know, Maria Canellis was wonderful mm-hmm. in Bullet Club, you know, so... Uh, or working whatever alongside bullet club or whatever. Uh, I could see Scarlet roll like that. And you know what? Scarlet could be a centerpiece for Ring of Honor. Their women of honor division is still missing that piece to bring some spotlight to it. And I think that she could be uh, somebody really interesting for that product.
1: Yeah, no that's a good point. I mean I, I think I think you're right. I think that's a good that's a good diagnosis they are missing like they like they have like these pieces and they have some talent, but they, they are missing like their 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 poster girl. <laughs>
0: My guest at this time can seen every week on Impact Wrestling as part of LAX. He's also a former WW, WCW, United States TV, and tag team champion. He's currently in New York for the Impact television tapings at the Melrose Ballroom. It is Conan. Conan, welcome back to the Winkley.
2: Uh, yeah, it seemed like a long time we didn't talk, two or three weeks ago, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not been that long. It's, uh, it's a different company this time. I mean, you're so busy. How are you, key- how are you holding yeah. up with uh, uh, how busy your schedule is at the moment?
2: Yeah, bro. It's it's better than the it's better than the, uh, the option. You know what the option is?
0: Um, doing nothing, being
2: dead, right, and being unemployed. Exactly. Okay. So you know, I just enjoy everything. You know, especially uh, my age that I'm not an active wrestler, that I'm still able to work in what I love to do, and in so many places. I would like to say this about New York, Nick. Uh, it is very weird to me living in California, where you have to put the trash. Like in different receptacles, like one for like yard waste, one for like, you know, recyclables, one for, you know, you have like literally three different bins. And if your trash is not in the bin, they will not pick up your trash. But here in New York, they do it old school. They just throw the, the everything in a plastic bag and they throw it on the curb.
0: Yeah, they don't care, Very man. Very dirty. They don't care. Very dirty. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I got in trouble one time at an audition uh, when I was, uh, it was going to be like one of those man-on-the-street type interview shows here in Chicago, and they asked right. me they asked me why I love Chicago, and I was like, oh, well, Chicago's a great city, very clean, it's not like New York, and then uh, I guess the people that were interviewing me were all from New York, and I lost that gig because I had offended all of them.
2: Right, well, it's true, the city is dirty just like Philadelphia's.
0: I mean, it is what it is. What a great start to this interview, Conan! Uh, I, you know, tremendous we t- start, tremendous start to this interview. Uh, you know, we talk about how busy you are right now. I want to take a moment to reflect. Uh, I really enjoyed the Rebellion pay per view, especially that main event with LAX and Lucha Brothers. Uh, take me back to that moment that you shared with LAX and the Lucha Brothers at the end of that show.
2: Um, I was just, I, I, I motivate them as much as I can. I used you know, I don't have to as much as I used to, um, but at the beginning I used to motivate all four of them in different ways. But my whole thing was like, man, this was beautiful. This was a, you know, this is the end of the feud. It's a beautiful feud, LAX, you know, there's another one that we knocked out of the park because um, before that we did the one with the OGs, which I thought was great. And then before that we did one with OVE, which I thought was great. And I was just told all four of them. You know, I was proud of them and I loved them because they're like sons to me. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Do you think we uh, we can expect to see the Lucha Brothers back in action anytime soon, or is this the this is it? On to new things.
2: Yeah, I think there's a good chance they're on to two other things. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so, what is next for LAX now? I mean, what you know, you you brought up all these great feuds that LAX has had here as of uh, as recently. You know, what do you see is next for LAX?
2: I'm not sure because um, I know we did something with the Rascals and I don't know yeah. if that's going to continue. And I know we did something with the North. So we have two ways we can go there. But there seems to be, you know, like more tag teams now, which is really good. So um, we haven't really discussed this. I think, in you know, this week we'll probably go over what the new direction will be. But the great thing is, like I said, whether it was OV or whether it was uh, the OGs or with the Lucha Brothers, you know, the matches are always great. Uh, Our backstage vignettes, I always feel are really, you know, really good or entertaining. And so um, and, and the good thing about the show is if you watch it, you know, it's almost like, all right, we did our job now Eddie Edwards, you go do your job, and then he'll go do his, and he does a real good job at what he does, and then, you know, then they'll do stuff with uh, Sammy Callahan, he always does really cool shit, and then from Sammy Callahan to Kevin Cross, who's been incredible, and then from him to, you know, Disco, and uh, Scarlet, and like, everybody there is like, you know, picking up the game, and everybody's uh, competing, but in a really cool way, you know, there's a lot of their, it's not uh, like when I first broke into the business where there was a lot of jealousy and clicks and and I I even saw that in the middle of of, of my career too and now it's more like everybody trying to help each other
0: yeah you know you brought up the rascals there uh, I know you you uh, you guys have lax as a match with the rascals this upcoming impact um, what do you make of this trio you, you're a fan of the rascals what do you think of their their identity
2: yeah yeah bro they're great I think they're uh Just personally, as people, the real cool Zach, Trey Miguel, uh, uh, um, you know, Dez, they're all super talented. I'd already worked before with um, Dez and Trey Miguel when I was in Lucha and Crash. So I kind of knew them. I didn't know Zachary, but they're all real cool guys. Very, very, very talented. Uh, You can tell by their skits from the 70s show skits that they do where, you know, with the smoke, they're very funny, too. So that's good. If you can wrestle and you've got like um, you got a character and you got some humor about you, which they do, they're going to be a really, really valuable act in the future, uh, individually and collectively.
0: Do you? I mean, and it is interesting. You know, you talk that '70s show, The Smoke, right? It's kind of like the the stoner mystique, you know, that kind of right. Harold and Kumar right. go to go to White Castle. Do you see Impact pushing right. that, pushing that more? I mean, marijuana. I'm here in Illinois. It's going to be recreational top of the year. I mean, this thing's going mainstream. Well, you know, I
2: just think uh, wrestling, sports, and uh, politicians as a whole have been behind the curve. I mean, I mean, let's get real. It's schedule It's classified as a Schedule One, you know, uh, narcotic, like heroin. Like really, like heroin. Yeah. Like cocaine, really. And so, if we really break this down, and I don't want to get into a long, drawn-out thing here because everybody gets tired of hearing anything that's racially tinged. But basically, marijuana, which is marijuana, which comes from Mexico, is 1930s. They had all these guys, they were called braceros. They were basically guys that were uh, led into the United States to do the same shit they do, the same stuff they do now, you know picking crops and you know, all those jobs that, you know, um they can get away with paying low wages for. And so uh, after the Great Depression of nineteen twenty nine, they needed work and they couldn't get rid of all these guys that were in the United States, all these Mexicans that had all these chop you know, these low menial jobs. So they came out with a with a law that basically said that if you know you were smoking marijuana, and they actually used to chew it because, as I'm sure you've read, it has medicinal properties. Right. So and you can see that now with the CBD CBD oils where parents are using it on their kids that have leukemia or epilepsy I mean on their kids you know you're not going to give that to them to get high you're giving it to them because it's making them better and even if you look in football in the NFL you know there's a real big discussion right now where players are pressuring you know Commissioner Goodell we don't want to do opioids you know we you know Nick you saw what it did to the wrestlers to the wrestlers yeah. we don't want to deal with opioids it's very addictive we'd rather they smoke cannabis you know Mm -hmm. so that's a conversation that's being had there now you're seeing you know all these places like Nevada and California and you know, all these different, but like Colorado, where it's all being legalized, and so we were behind the curve for a long time, but it started off a racial thing where any Mexicans that were caught smoking or chewing it, because they used to chew it a lot, smoking or chewing it would get deported since back then, imagine in the 30s. How many Mexicans are now that can't even speak the, the language in this country? Imagine in the 1930s. So they were just getting rid of all of them under this racial law, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... Finally, you know, people are coming around. I didn't think I'd see it in my lifetime, but it's humongous business now.
0: So, I mean, the idea of kind of pushing that barrier a little bit with the rascals and playing into that stoner comedy stuff—I mean, it that's great. Like
2: you're very into it. You're open to it. Yeah, well, bro, you know, I'm a cannabis smoker myself. Not only that, you know, I was a big fan of, like, bro. Did you ever see the movies? I mean, I—I I know you didn't see them when they came out because you were too young. But did you ever see like Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke? Sure. Yeah, of course. I'm a big Bro, fan of that. Bro, that's those. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. You know, and did you ever see Half Baked?
0: Of course. How can I not have not well, seen but, Half Baked? Incredible. Oh, right. Jim those movies that. are great. Yeah. And
2: they're all stoner-centric. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: We just never, re- we, have, we, we really have never seen that character played out. I mean, there's always illusions with RVD and stuff. It's just something I see it right now on Impact TV, and I'm like, good for them. For going there, You're no, right? No, great, no, great for them.
2: That's cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. Good job. Anyway, uh, moving on. You know, you brought up the north as well. Uh, I'm really impressed with the north, uh, especially. I feel like the transformation Ethan Page has been on in the past year, uh, character-wise and, and just physically. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about kind of how he's starting to finally come into his element here at Impact.
2: Yeah, he's real good, man. You know, he's talented too. And the other guy, the the ginger guy, uh, Josh, what's his name? Josh Alexander. Uh, Josh Alexander. Yeah, I call him the, the the leprechaun. And so he he's very talented too. Together, they're real good. Ethan by himself was gonna be was gonna do. I, he was gonna be a star to me by himself. But with this guy, you know, they make a they have a real good chemistry. I think they're actually I think they actually used to be a tag team, right?
0: Yeah. No, no, no. They've worked together quite a bit for years now. I think. Right, yeah,
2: so um, so they already knew each other, and they have good chemistry, and you know he's got a good little personality, so you know he's another guy that's very talented in the company,
0: yeah, do you get excited when you see a tag team like that where you're like, I know they have a lot of talent, but I don't know them so well. I look forward to kind of working with l a x to find out what is this story we can tell with this new talent?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, but these guys today they're just way more sophisticated uh. Than in my era, just because they have so much information at their disposal. So um, they're really sharp, you know, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that gets it. And, you know, just like they brought Michael Elgin in, you know, he gets it. He's real talented. Rich Swann is real talented. Willie Mack. Um, There's just a lot of talented people in that locker room right now.
0: Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about Michael Elgin here. You know, what do you think about him walking in and immediately being inserted uh, right into that main
2: event picture? Yeah, I think that's good. He's got the look. He's got the wrestling pedigree. I mean, I saw him. Um, he'd originally been trying to get into AAA when he was a Ring of Honor. But when he was trying to get into AAA, you know, I was explaining to him, bro, you don't want to come here now because it's like we were having the biggest drug cartel violence, like the most violence that had ever been seen in Mexico since the Mexican Revolution at the turn of the century. And that was a war. Like that was an actual like civil war, right? Yeah. And But this cartel violence, there was as many deaths as there were as a civil war. That's how bad it was, you know, and heads hanging from bridges. It was real bad. Like, it was so bad that I re- imagine this. Imagine, like, you're WWE, right?
0: Yeah.
2: You're the largest company in, in the country, but... You can't go to New York. You can't go to Texas. You can't go to some parts of Arkansas. You can't go to some parts of Illinois. That's literally how wrestling was. And there were a lot of places at night where nobody would go out in the street because you would have to actually pay to get on the highway like a quota to, to the cartel. And so who wants to be? You know, who wants to be walking in a bus, in an Uber, in anything, in a car, 12 o'clock at night coming out from a wrestling show with that type, with your kids, with that type of violence. So it was a really bad time to be here. But anyways, so he ended up uh, going to CMLL, and he really did a great job there, you know, a real good job. Because, you know, Lucha Libre, if you've never done it, it's not easy to learn. And he adapted real quick, and he really... Uh, he was. I was very impressed by, you know, how good he was. And so now that he's an impact, you know, I'm going to start uh, giving him some shows in uh, AAA. Oh, well,
0: good to hear. And, um, that's awful to hear, by the way, about the cartels and everything down in Mexico. That's that's terrifying. I, I didn't know a lot of that stuff. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. D- you mentioned uh, on your podcast recently, you know, just talk to me a little bit about how you're hearing that Impact Wrestling could be moving to a new network. I mean, do you, do you feel like this is... Not not been the most uh, compatible relationship here with uh, Impact in, in pursuit.
2: Well, yeah, because unless you yeah, like, first of all, nobody can get the channel. Second of all, it's like a hunting channel, like uh, so. It's it's like you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are if nobody's watching you. What you know, and and that's our problem. You know, we are real good right now. You know, I've, I've you know, I've been on and off in Impact. Since uh, 2005, maybe. So I've been here quite a while. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you've got all these great talent that I've been putting over. And it isn't just being like a company shield, it's real good talent, real good storylines. But nobody really can see it unless you're, you know, you're going to get on Twitch. A lot of people don't want to go on Twitch. So. Um, I think now them looking for a better platform, which I think they will find, and uh, it's going to help image-wise, morale-wise, and and people watching, you know, really good product.
0: You uh, do you have an ideal platform in mind? Is there a channel you think that would be a better fit for you? Yeah,
2: I do, but I that's not my my it's not my place to be saying that before okay. they do. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So. Obviously, just about anything would be, you know, you could probably be on MTV3 and that would be like, a you know, that would be better than being there. But it's substantially, if this is the place, they're going substantially better.
0: It, uh, MTV3's great, by the way. They got the Catfish Marathons on there. I love that show. Um, <laughs> last thing I want to ask you about, you know, uh, there's this uh, crazy gentleman out there right now, John uh, John Moxley, did this explosive interview with Jericho, right? Talked all about right. disorganization in the creative process at WWE. You are just so connected, Conan. You talk to everybody. You work for everybody. After an interview like that goes out, I just want to know on your end. You know, are you hearing from a lot of people all at once? Are you getting inquiries from people that are like, "Yes, I've seen the light. What am I doing here? I, I would like to know what my opportunities are like elsewhere."
2: Yeah, I think we've been seeing that little by little by just people being. Uh, uh frustrated with the lack of creativity with the lack of direction with the lack of upward mobility and then you see guys you know like Pac and you know moxley and you know all these different people they're leaving because one of the problems that wwe's having and we actually had this problem way back in the day in AAA when we were like because you know mexico it's really just two company two real big companies AAA and CMLL, which is Arena Mexico, right? Right. But we were so strong at one point, like all the stars, just about all the stars were coming to AAA. And at first I was thinking to myself, wow, we're going to dominate, you know? Mm -hmm. But what happened was, is you have so many people There's not enough work to go around. There's not enough, you know, everybody, you can't push everybody at the same time, you know, and it was really counterproductive. So they ended up going back over there. So sometimes I always think to myself, it's good to have competition because there's another place for people to work at. And so I just think WWE has way too much talent that they don't know what to do with and a lot of them is, is frustrated, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you brought up AAA real quick. I wanted to ask you uh, to close off here. What, are you, what do you think is going to happen with this Madison Square Garden show? Like, what are your
2: expectations for it? Well, you know, the thing is is that you got to remember uh, uh, it's a Mexican Independence Day, which is huge. You know, here in New York, there's a lot of Mexicans and Hispanics in the tri-state area and I think we're going to really put a real good card full of nostalgia and, and new talent that's going to you know that that people are going to respond to you know very cool. obviously like anything else you're not sure you don't know it's our first time here ever yeah. you know we there's a great precedent has been set ring of honor did real good but that's not our fan base right
0: it's very different yeah that's what I was just wondering you know it's exciting to see the garden opening up its doors, at least and letting other promotions like AAA and Ring of Honor and, and maybe even Impact down the road here coming in and do some shows.
2: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, Conan, I want to thank you so much for the time. I know you have a very busy day. Uh, is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show?
2: Well, just make sure to check out um, Impact on Pursuit. That's on Fridays. And if you don't have Pursuit, you can check us out on Twitch.com. And um, You can check me out on Twitter at K-O-N-N-A-N 5150. And you can also check out my podcast, Keeping It One Hun, on the MLW Network. And uh, I want to thank you, Nick, again for chopping it up with me.
1: Always.
0: My pleasure. My guest at this time is a former ROH World Champion, TNA Tag Team Champion, and he's going to be competing in Synergy Wrestling's 2019 Garden State Invitational. It's Homicide. Homicide, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today.
3: But uh, thank you for having me, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pla You know, a Homicide,
0: you're somebody I've never had the chance to sit down and chat with here. And I like to do research before I do all of my interviews. And reading up mm-hmm. on you and doing my research on you, you have had an incredible career. I mean, just before we get into all the Synergy Wrestling stuff and a couple other questions, like how are you feeling at this point in your career right now?
3: Um, I'm very humble and blessed. It's just one of those I can't believe I'm still here. I can't believe the 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 respect, the love that I'm getting right now. Like, I never think stuff like that. I'm very humble by everything that I did. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from, I'm from, uh, I'm from the ghetto. I used to be the ex and I never had no clue. I never had idea that I was going to be traveling the world or going to a national television company. So I'm just like, it just hit me just once. And I'm like, wow, I'm still here. I can't believe this.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. You know, like I said, I, I did my research on you when I read that. Yeah, how you were in a gang when you were younger, and you had a real rough childhood. I mean, since we've never talked, I mean, it, talk to me a little bit about mm. how you were able to transition out of that environment into becoming this legitimate, awesome, legendary pro wrestler.
3: Well, I, I loved pro wrestling when I was five years old. I mean, the first ever I saw, seen a match was the British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation. I was amazing. As a New Yorker, we was watching the WWF. We never watched the NWA, the World the world Class, the AWA. So one time, I seen the NWA, and it was in Halloween Havoc, 1989. And it was the main event. I think it was Ric Flair and Sting, that's the great mood, and Terry Funk. And something about Terry Funk, it, it, it's something about him that I really loved Like, his style, his image, just everything. And I always also remember... A promo he did with Ric Flair, and I hated Ric Flair because to me Ric Flair represented the rich, and Terry Funk represented the poor, and I was part of the poor people, and I hated the rich, you know. And I always remembered that. Terry was joking around. He said that he wants to be a contender for the NWA. And Ric Flair said, you got to go back to Hollywood. You know, you're hanging out with Steven Stallone. And you cannot be competing for the NWA title. And Terry Fox took a offended And I remember he shook his hand and, boom, the left hook. After that, I was amazed. And I saw the interview with Dusty Rose, Manny Fernandez, the World Warriors, mm-hmm. the list and on. And I'm like, man. I did not knew that there was another promotion out there. So after that, I fell in love with pro even more. And I was thinking, I would, you know, a, a bunch of gangsters, pimps, and abuse doing things that we that I shouldn't be doing. And I I figured that the older I get, I need a future. I want kids. I want to get married, you know, stuff like that. The good things. I want to grow up. And um, wrestling, just basically just took me, for another life, you know, I, I love baseball. I want to become a baseball player. But, of course, um, I, I got hit with a bullet uh, up from a drive-by. And that gotta uh, kind of gave me the left turn, and I was still wrestling. And I went to uh, a wrestling school in South Brooklyn. I gave him my fees, and after that, it was history.
0: Man, that is a wild story, man. That is, that's crazy to hear that from you. You got shot in a drive-by, I had no idea. It's yeah, it was, it was
3: it was crazy, man. I, 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 I'm gonna get the pictures because um, it was my third match, and what happened was that um, I was I was in love with pro wrestling, and I didn't want to miss this. And it was an accident, drive-by shooting. And I got shot in the leg, and I told my friends I cannot go to the, the police department and say that I got shot because they know my record, my history. So my friend said, don't worry about it, don't worry, we're going to go to the show, I got you covered. So basically he put me like cotton kind of the duct tape in my leg because I got shot in my calf. And I noticed that people in my match, there was laughing. And I, I looked down my leg and it was a string of cotton. And when I took it out, it was a tampon. So basically it was my first rib, a joke that people planned on me. It was my third match. And I really couldn't believe it. After I got stitched up and... I did the most ridiculous things after that, and wow. and I'm still here now.
0: Dude, that is insane. I uh I live here in Chicago. I used to live in a uh, not as nice part of Chicago, and I actually uh, I didn't get shot in a drive by, but I had to hit the deck in a restaurant that got shot up and
3: it was... I'm kind of jealous of, of you because I wish I was you.
0: Man, I know. I wish you were me too, man. It's terrifying. <laughs> like, laying there under a table. uh, It's scary stuff. And to hear that you were able to shake that off and go wrestle. I was a mess for like a month
3: after that. Like, Yeah.
0: Uh, you know? It's scary stuff. Yeah, man. man.
3: Every time I, I do the most ridiculous things, I get hurt and I still, like... I still wrestle. Like... Last week, I went to Hawaii. I had a great, amazing experience in Hawaii, and my last day, um, I broke my nose from oh. uh, a blind, a blind spot of the the what is called the lights yeah. that blinded me. And I did this move, and I just hit straight to this cable wire, and it smacked me right in the face and broke my cheekbone and my nose. Oh. Now I'm gonna wrestle this weekend on Saturday. And and I'm gonna be wearing a nose guard. I think I'm Kobe Bryant, Black Mamba in wrestling. So it's very interesting because that's the one thing about me. When I get hurt, I'm still gonna put my wrestling boots. On. I'm still gonna perform and give the people what they want.
0: Now, do you? Uh, I, I I have. I feel like I've asked this question a lot. But you know, since you're talking about your injuries and stuff, do you have health insurance? Like, how do you take care of this when when things like this come up?
3: I'm I'm a very lucky man. Yes, I got health insurance. I love to save money. You know, I, I save a lot of money in my youth. Um, I got lucky. Um, I got a health insurance, and as right now, I went to this company. They 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 took, they took care of me in Hawaii for my broken nose. So yes, I do got health insurance. Man, I'm, you, I'm very lucky. Do you
0: do you think that, like how do you feel that wrestlers should be treated in the business? Do you think that that should be more on the companies to provide health insurance for the wrestlers or? I just, I don't know. It's a question, again, I've asked a couple guys. I'd be interested to hear your take.
3: Absolutely. Well, pro wrestling is a very dangerous, you know, people be they, they, people call it, it be like a bunch of stunt doubles from Hollywood. You know, all they say our oh, wrestling is fake and this and that, you know. I believe for the pro wrestling is very uh, aggressive uh, sports of entertainment, and we do everything what we got to do to entertain the crowd and make sure the crowd loves it. And yes, we. Uh, I think we should have health insurance because we'd be going through a lot of a lot of injuries. Like I injured, like maybe I had like few concussions, over two hundred stitches on my face. Um, a lot of injuries had uh, showed the pain, showed the surgery, calf injuries. I know a lot of people, a lot of guys out there on the entertainment world and pro wrestling sport, they get hurt. So, yeah, man, I wish that somebody come out with well, a union and do, like, uh, insurance for pro wrestling because I think pro wrestling needs insurance.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like a union, though. You know, every time it gets brought up, people are like, oh, there could never be a wrestling union. I mean, do you, can you think of a circumstance in which something like that could actually come
3: together? Absolutely. Everybody got to stick together, everybody. It's, it's all political politics, you know. I know in Japan, they try to do a union, but I guess the Congress, they like it because it's all about tax. Everything's about tax, tax, tax. And I'm guessing in the United States, uh, the Congress and the, the politicians, the, it's all about the taxes, and it's very hard to... to because they feel they might be a fraud. They might They might think that, okay, this person... Basically, just trip and spring the ankle. That's not like a surgery. Like some people, they need surgery for their knees, they, the shoulders, or their nose. You know, and they feel like all oh, the stealing insurance. It might be a fraud. So it might be a kind of a both ways about a fraud or a political reason when it comes to the Congress. But I really feel there should be a union. Everybody gotta stick together. Yeah.
0: Uh, All right, well, let me get to my uh, prepared questions here. We just kind of were winging it there at the top, and I enjoyed that. Um, But uh, talk to me a little bit about your relationship with Synergy Wrestling here. What does it mean to you to be uh, one of the first names announced for their inaugural Garden State Invitational here?
3: Well, it means a lot to me because when I started professional wrestling, I started in New York City. And um, I think it was back in 1994, uh, the first long trip ever was in New Jersey. New Jersey is like my second home. I travel all over New Jersey, up and down, coast to coast. So to me, this tournament is really big for me because it's almost like I'm coming to my second home. Plus, a tournament, um, I feel I'm very confident I'm the best. You know, um, it doesn't matter. I'll be wrestling for, for five years or 25 years. I'm very confident I'm the best. We're going to have the, the best competitors that come to this tournament, and I'm show. Sure the world that the notorious one and seven
0: number one yeah you know uh, somebody I thought that was interesting that's rumored right not confirmed yet for this tournament though is Jonathan Gresham uh, he's been on a real uh, run this past year or so I mean what do you make of him like seeming to to finally find his stride I guess in pro wrestling
3: I'm a really big fan of him. Um, he reminds me of Dean so much. He's not even funny. Um, very technician. That's the one thing about him myself. I'm a very fan of ten- technician wrestling, catch wrestling. He knows that style. I know that style. Everybody thinks I'm just a brawler. I'm just this. I know my technical style. When I have my wrestling school, that's the only thing I do with technical style and catch wrestling. He's... He's in the right. He's a rising star. He's gonna be really a future legend in in this game. And I'm very honored to be performing against John so about that day, the, the octopus are gonna go down because I'm not. I'm not going to this tournament to lose. I'm a big fan of his work. I respect him, but I'm not coming there to lose.
0: Now, your former ROH world champion, Gresham, of course, uh, with with Ring of Honor, I believe, even at this moment. What do you uh, what do you think of the current Ring of Honor product? Have you checked it out? Do you keep up with it?
3: No, I really don't check it out. I really feel it's a different. Uh, I I I think it's a different era. In my era, it was very uh, I guess hard-headed, fast paced, a different style. But of course, it was the beginning and showed the world that this is us. This is a company with different style. You know, as the new product, I really don't know how how they is right now. But they're on national TV. They got great talent. I'm thinking, I'm guessing, they're doing great work, and they got they got great people. So I can't go. And plus, they wrestle at Masters Score Garden. To yeah. me, that's the mecca. That's the. That's one of one of my goals. I want to be a MSG. Of course, I wasn't. So, if Ring of Honor did a show at Masters Score Garden, that's something that big. They're yeah. doing big things.
0: Yeah, and and that's why I wonder. You know, do you could you see yourself back in Ring of Honor in any capacity in the future?
3: Uh if I get a phone call, my phone—I'm a free agent. Uh, my phone is is open. <laughs> I'm just waiting. But yes, I, I would love to come back.
0: Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of great talent there right now. They just you know it's like every year or two they they kind of turn over all the talent. And I feel like there's so many unique matchups that you could have there right now with guys like Juice or Bandito or you know uh, just just the whole Cavalcade. Pco, another one I'm a big fan of. Um, yeah. 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 Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: Know. No, like, everybody's got a different style. Just like back in the days when I was there, everybody got a different style. So this could be a, a new chapter because it's not the same when I was there. So it would be great for myself to come back.
0: Yeah. Now, another name uh, that's uh, uh, going to be competing in this tournament, the Garden State Invitational, is Joe Gacy. Now, he's a two-time CZW world champ. He knows how to get hardcore death matches. Uh, I know you're familiar in that space as well. What do you – what do you make of a wrestler like uh, Joe Gacy?
3: Well, I got he got a future. Um, the kid, the kid is good, you know, and that's the one thing I respect him. Also, that he's very confident with, with what he does. Um, he's gonna be un- just like John DeCusse. He's a future legend. He's gonna be real big for this professional wrestling. Um, he's gonna do. He's gonna be really good in professional wrestling. A lot of people need to like hear his name more. Uh, As right now, of course, he's doing his thing Like in the independent circuit. He's going to come to the tournament, and he he wants to win this tournament. But just like myself, I'm not losing. And I know he feels the same way. Yeah. Well, I've seen Joe
0: have some really hellacious, bloody death matches uh, with GCW uh, and elsewhere with CCW. Now, I know you... I uh, have been working closely with GCW. Uh, I believe I believe you are the head trainer. Are you still the head trainer? Or are you on a brief hiatus right now as the head trainer at the compound?
3: I'm still the head trainer for the compound right now. We're looking for a new place. Um uh, we just um uh, moved out for a new place. We we want to have a, a basically move into a city. You know, I had my old school back in the days called the Doghouse, and the Doghouse in New York City. And It was daylight, and everybody was around. The the past of the compound. It was middle of basically the middle of nowhere. It was kind of hard for people to come in for directions, but now be looking for a new place and we want to you know to bring it to a city for everybody to be comfortable. Everybody you know learn the right way of professional wrestling and see what happens after that.
0: Hey, you guys are popular here in Chicago. I I don't think that anybody be upset
3: if you found some space here. I will be hearing things and I love Chicago. my I be, I got history in Chicago but I I be hearing good things about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to a couple of the GCW shows out here, and uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Marcus Crane, he's a Chicago guy that's uh, big in GCW right now. There's definitely a connection mm-hmm. here. So I'm just extending the invitation if you'd like to bring those talents here. Um, how do you describe, yeah? How do you describe yourself as a trainer, uh, Homicide? What's it like to be trained by Homicide? <sighs>
3: I'm very different from (laughs) the character from TV or when you see me on independent circuit. uh, I'm very uh, uh, a believer, I believe in everybody. Um, I'm the person that uh, um, teach you every style of wrestling. It could be tentacle, it could be uh, the right way to do hardcore, the right way, just basically everything. Even people who's depressed at home, who got a weight problem. I want them to come to the compound, train with me, and I'm gonna get rid of that depression. And I want them to come and train and lose that that, that weight because I also train for people who wants to feel good for themselves, to have confidence, not only for pro wrestling, so I do everything. A lot of people say that I should get my my PhD license or whatever it's called, I like that. I like pro wrestling, I want to be different. And if people don't want to be a pro wrestler, that they still come and train with me because pro wrestling is very underrated when it comes to training, uh, especially if they're going through a depression, i I built up the confidence level. I, I make sure if they want to lose weight, I will make sure they will lose weights. So people see me as a party guy. I do this and do that. But you'd be very surprised when it's, they really see me as a head trainer. I'm very different from the guy from TV.
0: Now, do you, do you see an untapped market there for pro wrestling being used as an exercise program? I've thought about that, but I've, I've never seen anybody actually move on that idea.
3: I really think nobody capitalized that. Nobody like still thought about it. I tried it in the compound, and it worked. I had a couple of people who don't want to be a pro wrestler. They just want to lose weight, and it happened, and they feel good. And I'm like, boom, that's home run right there. Yeah. Pro wrestler is a part of training that people should come. And basically, just look at others like yoga. You know, you got DDP, who's a who's awesome with his craft, you know, but also I want people to see pro wrestling. is one of those trainings that is really, it, it's great for yourself. And I think people should capitalize and think about it too, because pro should be one of those top fives of hard training. Now, uh,
0: CZW, you know, like I said, Joe Gacy, former two-time CZW world champion. Now CZW has been like the marquee deathmatch match promotion in the United States. I mean, but it's really kind of shifted in the past year or so. Do you think, GCW has taken that mantle away from CZW.
3: I really think not because uh, a lot of people talking about that GCW is the one that ruined CZW. I think it's not GCW. Is, they, they 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 are unique of their own stuff. They want to do things a first time. Restless, like people just saw Donatello vs Goldberg. That's the first time, even though it, it was a bad feedback after that. But <laughs> still, on the Paul Grant, on the feedback, whatever, it's the first time. So, and we see a GCW event. You can see a lot of shows. It's the first time, you know, and it's less story yet to this, but it's also a great, a great promotion great vibe great locker room great fan base and they growing if, if people say that gcw is is hurting czw i don't believe that at all you know i really don't so uh, that to me that's ludicrous and crazy. For people saying that it's a different style. Of course, you got these hardcore wrestlers. So, GCW is saying like this is the old style of CCW. I just feel that, you know, it's different from other brands. And I think that's the secret of professional wrestling. You need to be different for other brands. You don't want to be the same thing. And that's yeah. what GCW is about. It's different.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, now, uh, a little birdie told me, uh, I got a tweet, tweet, they're doing a tribute show to you. Homicide. I mean, what yes. does that what does that mean to you? Uh, this next month here in July, that they're going to be pulling out of the stops. Uh, they got this uh, great match already announced, I believe. Joey Janela versus Low for the show. I mean, wh- what does this mean to you?
3: I'm 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 shocked. Like like I said, I'm very humble and I'm very uh, grateful about this. Like I never thought that that, that was going to happen, and it told me um, the boss told me, "Hey, man, you deserve it. All 25 years and what you did." For the state of New York, and just for the wrestling business, because I'm more of like a coach. I tell people like, "We are a team, you know. Like, like if when you fall, I'm gonna pick you up and you are gonna do your thing. And I'm guessing everybody is like, you know, trying to trying to give me back uh, what I deserve. I don't know. I just I'm I'm still in shock. I'm still amazed about this. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be a great show, July fourteenth. We got the first time ever low key versus Joe Janella. We got Nick Gage versus Lorelai Louie, to me, who's like the king of that wrestling in New York City. So that's going to be for entertainment. Also, we're going to have a Lucha Libre kind of style match. We're going to bring back that that traditional lucha libre style to new york and it because we got, got so many things going on it's going to be really really good
0: now it's cool homicide 5150 your night you know there's joey janela's spring break they do josh barnett's blood sport which used to be matt riddle's blood sport now there's even the orange cassidy does something or whatever event that they they do as well what do you think of that model of gcw pairing talents with shows like that it's very it's very different
3: like i say, first times it's good It'll be different they're being different, but everything makes sense. And people like likes that. They want that attention. Like or Orange Cassie, oh, wow, really, oh, Spring Break. I need to come to the show and show some support. Fifty one fifty, 50 oh, really, 25 years, the first time ever, like Nick Gage and Lola F. Louis, also Janela and Loki. is about to go to All Elite Wrestling. Yeah. So people want to see us perform. So, man, that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. They do
3: Things like this, it'd be a first time, and it's different for other promotions. I think it's great.
0: Uh, One last thing here on uh, the GCW notes, since you brought up Orange Cassidy there. What do you think of Orange Cassidy and this very unique style he seems to have developed?
3: Maybe unique. If this is like about 20 years ago, homicide, I'd be like, man, this is really crappy. (laughs) But now, the older, the wise I got, I do understand what's his style. You know, we got great from the UK. I think his one is I was from the UK. I could be one I know the Cork Banner, he was telling me a lot of things about the comedy wrestling for the United Kingdom, you know, but my point is like now as right now as we speak, I kinda respect what he's doing. I understand what he's doing for the fans. Fans loves it, you know. It's not my <laughs> it's not my degree, and my style. But hey man, if if he brings a lot of people to the plate, you no, know, I got I got to support him. He's doing something great. Play. He's a he's a good wrestler. He's very underrated. You know, every comedy he does don't sleep on him. He is a great wrestler.
0: Yeah, uh, I guess it's you know it's just not not everybody's style, right? I can hear Jim Cornette in the background yeah. screaming right now. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, another name I wanted to bring up here, rumored for the Garden State Invitational, uh, War Horse Jake Parnell. I've watched Jake grow from the Viking War Party here in Chicago uh, to where he is now. I don't know if, how familiar you are with Jake or what you think about him being included in this uh, invitation. Well, I,
3: uh, yeah, I know Jake uh, from the Midwest. Uh, first time I met him I think, uh, mistake, was the Mill. I think if I am not mistake, was the IWA Mid-South, and I seen him work. And like I said, he's one of those... Does it. the young athletes who bust his butt, you know, uh, trying to win it, and he's coming back to the East Coast? I always remember he came to Jersey or Pro Wrestling in New Jersey, and he did his thing. You know, he's a good worker. You know, and he's hard. Um, he's another one he don't want to lose. So this tournament's gonna be awesome because you got like about four people you mentioned who don't want to lose, yeah. and the people need to buy the ticket because this could be a great tournament.
0: Uh, now, I'm running right up against the time I told you. I'd keep, can I keep you for five more minutes here, Homicide, just to ask you about one more thing that I was looking forward to?
3: Absolutely. I'm just waiting for my doubleheader game from the Yankees start to summer, so I got, you got plenty of time. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Uh,
0: I really enjoyed the LAX OGZ's feud uh, from Impact Wrestling. Uh, that was a little less than, I don't know, maybe six months ago now. Uh, how, did, how did you enjoy your most recent run with Impact Wrestling, getting to be a part of that?
3: I kind of like the – I just came back um, in Impact Wrestling. Of course, there was a couple kind of things that I don't like about what they did. Um, um, the story about the Lex, like when Corning, he was there just one year, and he had troubles, and he went back to Mexico for to Wrestling. So I took over Lex, and I made the L X name brand very highly. And after that, I left. Then we came back and we came back with the new LAX, two guys who's like the future of uh, uh, Lucha Libre, the future of wrestling, and they're doing a lot of noise. And I feel like the people from the back, even my friend, Conan, forgot about people like Homicide Hernandez who made LAX, and I tell people we are the first NWA Tag Team Champions, the first Latinos to capture those titles, and people forget about that. They're worried about something else. So, we're going to make sure that people don't forget about us. So, of course, you know, we got with Eddie Kingston, who's one of my best friends, and yeah. we just torn the house down, and, and we brought LEX OGs versus LEX. It kind of remind me of the old school Midnight Express view with Jeff Cornell and Paul Heyman. And um, it was one of those, in my personal opinion, like, like I want to pass the torch to do LEX. For Empire X, I don't give a damn about what to think about our business and everything when we come out. we I Personally, myself and Eddie the that we want to make the new LAX bigger than they are, and they are. They are bigger. They are high-quality names right now. They're going to be future legends in this business, but I love the the feel we had, and of course, our last day was Pentagon and Phoenix. We had a great match, and after that, we was gone. And that's the part I didn't like. Yeah. Because I think we bust our butts, and they forgot about us again. So that was like the ice on the cake. Like, you know, it is what it is.
0: Wow. I, I mean what was uh you know, there am slow down here a little bit. What did you think of some of the dark places that feud went? I mean there were, I remember there was a kid who got murdered, I believe, in a drive by Is like a crux
3: for this feud. I will say think about this real good. Why does a kid partying with grown men drinking beer 1 o'clock in the morning. Why is, Why that kid is in the street? So the people need to blame the producers and Conan and LEX. not us. We got to do with it. We had a job. We were trying to take out Conan. But let's think about this again. Why that little kid was in the streets at nighttime? 3 o'clock in the morning, or 1, 3, whatever. It was nighttime, hanging out with a bunch of grown men, drinking and partying. You need to think about that part. Mm-hmm. Reckless.
0: Bad parenting,
2: I think.
3: It's Very hard. reckless. Bad parenting. Like, if, if I knew the parents, I'd give them a cop killer. But I don't want to sit down on the radio, especially <laughs> with that name. <neighbor. laughs> uh, what was your experience
0: like in that, like, brutal concrete jungle match that you guys had at bound for glory? That thing was painful to be a part of.
3: Yeah, it was. A lot of people think that um, when we hit the mat, it's all wood and it's all, like, you could say, like, mattress. So we showed the world that, okay, this is what we're going through. I mean, it's not a mattress. It's, like, maybe three inches of just simple, hard cotton. It still hurts. But with the wood, it hurts even more. A lot of people, all of us got hurt. And I always remember I got a damaged elbow. Um, I think Eddie had like a mock concussion. Um, I think Alex had like back problems. Hernandez had a back problem. All of us was hurt. It was one of those like we're not doing this again. Screw that. It was it was dangerous, especially if you look if you look at the match, the boards, um, it was spreading, So we need to be careful when we run because our foot will be kicked. caught. It was one typical match that. I, I grabbed the wood, and it slipped, and I almost broke my elbow. Mm. That's the most simple stuff. The, the most simple things happen, and it, it's just crazy. Everybody's talking about a big bump. Like, I remember Superman got superplexed from the boards, and I heard it. Yeah. But the most little, simple thing, just running, or, or say, like, grabbing, I almost broke my elbow, that was, like, the most dangerous thing. That was, like, one of the things, and I've been through a lot. But that was one of the dangerous matches I've ever done in my career.
0: Yeah, it looked, you know, that was the thing, is when you guys were running, I could see the boards sliding up and down. And I saw Conan on the ringside, and I was like, one of these boards is going to smack him right in the face right now or in the chest, uh, getting slid right
3: off the, the ring. Uh, yeah, I was, and I was ones laughing. I was like, I can't believe this, we wrote this. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I really can't believe this. <laughs> talk, talk to me
0: a little bit about Conan, the influence he's had on you and, you know, kind of the influence he has on the business at the moment. I feel like he's everywhere.
3: Man, as a character, I hate his guts. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna drop in his head and give him STF, Especially on his prime. But the real life, he's one of my mentors. He's a great guy, <laughs> and uh, he, he he taught me a lot of things about professional wrestling, about the business side. Um, I think I got smarter in professional wrestling because of him, you know. And he taught a lot of guys. A lot of people don't know that he was like the Hulk Hogan of Mexico. You know, and he's the one who brought the luchadores, like Brave Mysterious Psychosis, Jurito Guerrero to ECW, and after that, after that, WCW. He's like, like you can say the godfather when it comes to Latino wrestlers to the United States. And I always remember he joined the NWO. And it's, it's kind of crazy. He wanted to do his own vision. He was down with the Two life Crew, he wanted to do LEX. Yeah. And he called me one day and he told me, I want you to come down. The story about the LEX, he wanted um, Jeff Jerry with the boss, he wanted two huge guys. Of course, I'm not huge, I'm only 5'7", but I can hit you with like a huge guy. Yeah. And he brought me to TNA, LEX, and he told me a lot. And I give it to him, man, I give him a lot of props, I I owe him one, he's a a great guy, I got, I got respect for this guy, you know. Like he, he's going through a lot of stuff. person everybody's going through some personal stuff. But I tell him every time, this is not homicide, man. This is the real life right here. You know I got your back because sometimes some people go with character. To me, it's about real life. I'm I'm going to take care of you, real life. And that's the way I am. My corner, it's about real life.
0: Yeah, uh, and I guess I'll kind of close up here by asking you, you know, what are your thoughts in general about the really vibrant pro wrestling? Scene at the moment, you know, you got big companies like WWE and AEW, but then there's other indies like Synergy Wrestling uh and other bigger promotions yeah. that are that are you know so vibrant right now.
3: I think it's good for the boys and the girls. So it's a lot of wrestling. You know, back in days, you think about it, you got territories. Victor took those territories and made it himself. But it's a lot of wrestling. It's a lot of jobs, a lot of people, a lot of fans. They love pro wrestling. They want to see wrestling. Um I would tell all my guys, all my students that this is a different change of wrestling. The game has changed, and you need to accept it. A lot of old school people don't like the way, like some of the things I don't like, you know, but I got to accept it, you know. I got to, like, support it, and I'm still doing it. If, if, if people don't accept the new game of wrestling, you're going you're gonna to see a lot of Jim Cornette the way <laughs> he is. And I like Jim Cornette myself, but... I've been hearing a lot of stuff. and like, wow, that guy, is, he, he's out there. <laughs> but I feel that you just, just got to accept it. I always I say, looking back in the day, we had like what? Like DVD players. Now we got Blu-rays. Now we got like something called Fire Stick. What's going to be next now? You know, it's technology, and that's the way wrestling is. You know, the 80s, the 90s was different. The 2000 different, I guarantee the 2020, I would say the the year 2020, professional wrestling is going to be amazing. Right now, it's just the start. It's just a sample, a sneak peek. But the next year comes, something's going to pop off. Something's going to be really good.
0: Okay, well, last thing here then, you know, like you say, there's so much opportunity out there. You know, what goals do you have left, Homicide? Like, what do you hope to accomplish in this, you know, this, you know, like, again, vibrant wrestling scene?
3: Well, first of all, I want to win that tournament in New Jersey on the on the cyber scene. Right. Um, another thing is, um, I've been thinking a lot. Like, I want to work for NXT as a coach. I want to do stuff behind the scenes. I want uh, start of July 14th. Uh, the 51 to show. Uh, for GCW is going to be my start on my closure. Even though I talk a lot of crap like Terry Funk, Terry Funk always retired, but that's my hero. So, it is what it is. But this is my closure. Um, in my last one. After that, I want to go behind the scenes. I want to be a coach. I want to be a coach for NXT, oil elite wrestling, any promotion that taking professional wrestling very seriously. And I want to be that guy behind the scenes. You know, we got great guys behind the scenes like Finn Felly, Terry Taylor. You know, uh, right now, Diva Dudley, the Robbie Brooks side. I want to be like those guys. I know I am one of the great coaches in the future. So that's my goal right now, man. I just want the closure have my last fairway like they were with the Yankees, and after that, become a coach. And just make guys, you know, and make them superstars, the way, you know, the NXT is doing right now. But I would do another culture.
0: Kingmaker, Homicide. That's got a good ring to it, you know?
3: Absolutely. Boom, there you go, man. I always put myself a nickname, like somebody called me the the Unforgotten of Pro Wrestling. I don't know why, but I did a lot of things of Pro Wrestling. So I, I just... Like I say, it's a blessing. I'm very humble. I'm very really lucky to be here because I ain't supposed to be here. I'm very. I'm having fun. Um, yeah, I'm just very humble about everything that's going on right now, and I'm not done yet.
0: Yeah. No. Well, uh, Synergy Wrestling—they're going to hold a live press conference Friday, June 21st uh, at the Fit Body Boot Camp at Bridgewater Commons Mall in Bridgewater, New Jersey, 8:30 Eastern. If you can attend live. You can watch it live via their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Synergy Wrestling. You can also stream it on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash port. Uh, they're going to be announcing the formal brackets, first-round matchups for this Invitational on the live stream. And uh, we already know you're in at Homicide, is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview here today?
3: Oh, just check out GameChangerWrestling.com, 51-50, uh, July 14th. Um, my show's coming Sunday Four o'clock. Uh, also, uh, the show's coming up. Um, my Facebook, uh, I would say the and also Homicide. Instagram, sorry, I Outlook 5150. Um, just support independent wrestling. support pro wrestling. support everybody.
0: Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk uh, all the news the last 24 hours. And thank you to LAX's Conan and Homicide here again. I can't believe it came together, Justin. It is 619, booyaka, booyaka, 619. And we had some of Ray's friends here on the show to celebrate the day. Totally unintentional, but it's kismet. It was meant to happen this way.
1: I think you should, uh, right now, in, in, in an earshot of the microphone, you should attempt to do a, a 619 um, near whatever piece of furniture you have. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go,
0: right. Oh, God! Oh! Oh, I've hurt myself. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 okay. Well, wow. booyaka, booyaka, six one nine, booyaka, booyaka. Uh, what a way All right, now go.
1: Now, all right, now take it to the next level. Now go find a mask, put on a mask, and do it uh, uh, as best you can with limited vision.
0: Uh how do I not have a lucha mask in my office? I gotta go find one. Uh thank you, Justin, for that. This was a lot of fun today. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you like the show, go over to our iTunes page, five star rating. Nice comments. Always appreciated. Um, you can also check us out uh, on YouTube uh, and here on our iTunes channel, Wrestling Inc. Audio, this Sunday night, immediately following Stomping Grounds. Of course, we'll have our post show. And this Friday, weekly TV, you got to download the Ringside Wrestling app, 2 p.m. Central Time. We go up. Me, Raj Giri, is returning. He is back from a uh, vacation. It'll be me and Raj talking the top five stories of the week. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show?
1: Come follow me. Let me in. At Justin Labore
0: wonderful and i'm at wink rebel over on twitter thank you again so much for tuning in here and remember if you winked you didn't miss it